It's time for another episode of Drew Droge's Minor Revelations. Oh, hi. Oh, yes. All right. Well, we have a really wonderful, crazy, fun, deep episode ahead of us today. Uh, I'm very excited to share this with you. Um, I, uh, I I want to just start, uh, you know, because I'm inspired. One of, one of my guests and one of my very dearest friends, Colleen Smith, is on the show today. And I wanted to just start with a, sort of being inspired by um, some really sad tragedy, horrible stuff that happened this week. She, she lost her dog. And her dog, Blue, was just a friend to all of us. And um, she's not really going to want to talk about it too much. And I totally understand. Um, but uh, I haven't really talked a lot about about pets on the show. And I wanted to share some stories or a, a story. I mean, I've grown up with pets all my life. Um, I don't have any now. And I've never had any since I've lived in L.A., mainly because I haven't been allowed to by crazy landlords and such. But the last place I've been for the last two years, I am allowed to have them. And I just always feel like I'm too busy and I'm I'm just terrified of like screwing up the life of some animal. But the reality is I love them. I love dogs and cats. I don't care about any other animals. I don't don't care about rabbits, pigs, like people that have potbelly pigs, disgusting across the board. And not because they're pigs, but because like they just want to eat and just chew shit up and they don't care about you. They have no, you know, interest in, you know, a connection with you. You know, birds should be outside flying high up in the sky, not kept in a cage. No. Uh, Fish, I'm sorry. Uh, Snakes, Oh, you're weird. Whatever. But dogs and cats, I love, and I rarely meet a dog or a cat that I don't, you know, fall in love with. I love going to parties and playing with the, their animal more than talking to people because I really do enjoy both of them. And I've grown up with, um, uh, you know, dogs all of my and cats all of my life, and um, our, our, you know, our Boston Terrier growing up from like I think I was in sixth grade through uh, when I lived out out here. Um, our uh, we had a Boston Terrier who only had three legs, and his name was Dorchester, and he was just the greatest dog in the world. Um, but I also I I, I want to really talk about this uh, this cat that I had named Dink, and my cat Dink who I who I got when I was maybe five. Uh, um, Dink it was hilarious because I named her when I was five, and it and I was it was based on these books called Dory the Witch, and Dory the Witch had a cat named Gink with a G, but for some crazy screwed up drogy thing, we always fuck up every name. Somehow I came up with Dink, like I I don't know how or why, but that was the name, which was a hilarious name for this cat because she was the most arrogant, regal bitch, and the and I loved this cat, but she walked around like, hey, I'm Dink, like a like a fucking queen. And she really hated everyone but me. And and she just had just contempt and disdain as just any, you know, just gorgeous uh, black and white tabby with a little bit of gold flecks in her. And she, you know, and she just really needed no one in the world. But but really, she and I got each other. We really liked each other. Um, I was also a very gentle child and I loved animals and I loved, you know, and um, she eventually had uh, uh, babies and she had a, a big orange tabby that we named Gold. 
Garfield because we were very creative back then, and uh, and then um, a runt named Pepper who lived to be like 28 or something. She just got older and stinkier and weirder and more feral and just like whenever that was and whatever. But Dink was the greatest, and there was a moment when. Uh, I was in third grade and uh, we were um, we were it was summertime and we were running around and, you know, being being North Carolina, you know, grass trash. And um, and my mom needed to go somewhere to, like we needed to run an errand. We needed to go to Kmart for something because it yeah, you, as you do, you know, emergency got to get to Kmart. And uh, so. We got in the car and Kmart was probably two miles away from where we lived. And we drove all the way to Kmart. We got in the parking lot and we like hit this bump. And my it was almost like we hit a speed bump. And it was like my mom was like, where did that come from? And then she drove forward and then she looked in her rearview mirror and she saw this furry creature that was just like tail swinging. And it was this animal behind the car. And my mom was like, what was that? And then she looked and she said, that's Dink. And somehow Dink had climbed in the well of the tire of of my mom's car. I believe it was an Astro van at the time. So it was, you know, big tire well. Dink had climbed up in there. We drove for two miles and this cat balanced herself in the tire well the entire time. Finally, we get to the parking lot. I mean, she's minutes away from being okay, but I probably, my mom, like, slammed on the brakes or something. Dink lost her footing and fell out, and we ran over her head. Now, this is, this. there's a happy ending, I promise. Happy-ish ending. Um, she was weirdly fine. She was in the vet for, like, three days. I remember I was allowed to, like, get out of school so that I could go and visit Dink in the hospital, and... She recovered. Um, she completely lost her voice. She was mute after that. And so she would open her mouth and kind of make noise. And uh, and she had lost a lot of teeth. Uh, but she was fine, ultimately. Um, she was still a bitch. She, she still had no fucks left to give. She uh, she lived a, a nice long life um, until um, many years later when um, she had gotten up there and was getting older and um, we had a really, really bad thunderstorm and uh, she went away and never came back. And uh, we think that she probably got lost or got stuck in like a, um, a gutter somewhere and like just got trapped and maybe drowned and we, we were not sure. So we never we never um, saw her, but it was a thing where she'd gotten or maybe she was just old and sick and dying. And she's like, I'm going to go away and die and not make you deal with me because she also was very much like that. Very independent. She didn't need people. And um, so she so she was gone and we were very we were very sad. And there was a really annoying neighborhood kid that just would always want to come out and play. Now, at this point, I was, at, you know, I was in college and I was. You know, so we were all adults. Dink was old as hell. She did not want to interact with some child. And the child would always scream, Dink, 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 and want to play with this old cat. And Dink was just like, fuck you, kid. I've We've got nothing for each other. Leave me alone. You know, go chase the wind. Stop. So... The, the, there was no love between you know between Dink and this kid. This kid was just like ah, I'm even Dink. So we we did not enjoy anything about this child. Um, and so there was one night, and we had sort of come to the realization that Dink wasn't coming back. 
and mom was chopping peppers for supper, as you do. And this kid, we hear this kid from outside going, dink, dink. And my mom is chopping and just trying. And we're trying to have a conversation. She can't handle it anymore. My mother has a complete psychotic break. She has a giant butcher knife. She runs outside into into the yard, holding a butcher knife, screaming at this child. Dink's dead, all right? She's dead. She's not coming back. Dink's dead. <laughs> and then comes back inside and then continues chopping peppers while the rest of the drogi family is completely stunned, terrified, um, and then has this wonderful laugh and just is like, oh, because we're sick, we find that really funny. Um, that kid never bothered us again, never asked about Dink again. That kid, lear- that kid learned uh, an important lesson, don't cry for the dead. Um, but, uh, you know, and on just, just for everybody that, that has an animal or had an animal that like loves them that, that, you know, um, just, you know, uh, here's to you. It's, it's, uh, it's a, it's a wonderful journey. And I think part of the reason I don't have an animal now is I'm just so afraid of losing one because it's a lot, it's very emotional and they are, you know, they are your family. So, um, give your, give your pet a, give your pet a pet. Put that on a bumper sticker. How delightful. Well, hello, you two. Hello. How are you? Hello. Oh, I'm sitting here with a lo- delightful and lovely <laughs> Stephanie Escajeda and Colleen Smith. Yeah. Yay. Yay. I'm so Friday excited. afternoon. Hi, ladies. Hello. Hello. Oh, boy. All that's going on. How are you? How are you? Talk to me. Well, my tongue's all bit up. Why is your tongue yeah. bit up? Well, do we want to go down that road? Let's. This, I mean, this you is know, a happy we, podcast. Well, no, it's, it's a poppy. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a human podcast, Colleen. Okay. So go down the road. Uh, we'll we'll just dip a toe in it. Otherwise, it'll yeah. turn into a sobbing podcast. No, I know. Um, my dog of eight years. Uh, we had to put him to sleep, and in the midst of hyperventilating, crying, um. I had a seizure, which I... Oh, honey. Oh, boy. I've had seizures uh, for uh, almost, what, eight years now? Two? Yeah, probably Kind of, so. I got, got them right after we got blue. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. And uh, so it was like a one-two punch, but I uh, I bite the crap out of my tongue uh-huh. when I do it. And it's right. funny that Stephanie is here because I always think of Stephanie when I when my tongue is all bit up because you had pieces of your tongue removed. I did. What? Yes. You didn't know that? No. It's that's a major revelation. Yeah, yeah. I literally yeah. When, you, when you walked in I was like, "Oh, yes, because we had that whole conversation when we ran into each other accidentally at a coffee bean in Westwood and in Century City. Off. Yeah. Oh my god, I love that. <laughs> we Just literally two tongue-bitten women in Westwood. <laughs> it was like needing four, their latte. It was like four or five years ago, and we were at that coffee bean that's on off of Little Santa Monica, right? Oh, oh my yeah. gosh! Oh, wow. sure. I was like, I doing that? what's going on with you? And you're like, well, I had tongue cancer. I did. I did not know that you had tongue cancer. I, you Sorry, did. Now here's the thing. This I did is, know. I feel like this is coming up, and I and I feel like. On some level, I did know that you had, you know, you had a 
like a mouth surgery situation. It's yeah. like weirdly coming back like a dream. Yeah. I, wow. How well, did you? F- okay. Well, well, I, I know. Hear, I don't I know what to all of d- this. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, wow. Sorry. We just tore up the studio. Really but, did. Sorry about that. Wow. Thanks a lot. But let's talk about your tongues. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Great. Okay. Uh, so, co- yeah. so you're talking. So, okay. Okay. I do want to hear what, what would you say to somebody? Because you know how they say like put a, sp- have you ever heard like put a spoon in someone's do mouth? Do not put anything in their right, mouth. Right. Okay. Yeah. Just let yeah. them bite their tongue. Um, yeah. That makes sense to me to not do that because it just seems like uh, just that they're going to bite at the spoon. It's just yeah. chaotic. Yeah. They could choke. The thing yeah. about is you, it's actually physically impossible to swallow your tongue. That's a made up thing. Oh, okay. Um, so you could choke on if somebody put something in your mouth and you bit it. So, and I have a wide tongue anyway. Like I, I bite my tongue kind of on my own. Um, but yeah, when I have a seizure, usually it's it's I go to town on either side. So then I'm wow. very f- 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 like for a while. Wow. Um, and you still have not figured out what has brought these seizures on, or it's just an errant brain cell or nerve or something. That's oh, so crazy! Terrifying. Yeah. It is terrifying, and it's terrifying being your friend, knowing that like you know it you know just because yeah you have to wear this necklace and at any moment you could just it could just happen and you've you've so handled it so beautifully but it's just it's a it's but the compounded problem of having a seizure which already i'm sure is very inconvenient yes you know, on top of your dog dying that's like I oh know, babe, god i'm so sorry, so sorry. Uh, my brother and sister cuz i have a loop where i don't know what's going on for about 15 minutes is that how long they last no, the seizure only lasts like 30 seconds to a minute. It doesn't actually last that mm-hmm. long. It's a lot of time of me being like, what happened? And they're like, you had a seizure. And I'm like, I did. And then I re-loop and re-loop oh, until wow. I'm finally like there again. And I, I guess the <sighs> first thing I asked was like, where's Blue? <gasps> and oh, boy. they were like, he's with Candace. And I was like, oh, really? And I asked that a bunch. And then when I was finally like back, then they told me. Because it, it like... He, we put him to sleep. We walked him to the vet's car. Um, we came back upstairs. My brother and sister went to take out the dog bed that, um, oh. and uh, and like I had it right after. Like it was like oh right my after. Gosh, mm. you mean literally the vet had come to your home and was leaving your house with your dog, yeah. Yeah. and then you had to see her. Yeah. Wow, girl. Oh. And uh. they can it can be brought on by obviously by stress or this by this is the first time like. I've seen it. Like, I've been on a plane, you know, where it's like, oh, I've, it's, I obviously wasn't getting a ton of sleep or whatever. And, you know, we're high altitude. Maybe What do you happens. do when you're on a plane and you have a seizure? Apparently, a lot of people have seizures on planes because oh. somebody was like, is there a doctor here? And it turned out the people in front of us were doctors. Um, and they, everybody was very lovely and the flight attendants were very nice. And I peed myself, which was hilarious. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Uh, but this is the first time, like, I've slipped and fell and broke my elbow and was oh, made my. grape lady pain noises, like, just <laughs> horrible pain. And I was like, oh, I didn't have a seizure. This is the first time something where I can be like, I was directly freaked out about something. Right. And then I had one. Like, And you can usually tell when you're about to have one, Yeah, right? I get an aura. Okay, okay. That's. Uh, but did you get that the other day? With, yeah. Okay. Like, I felt the weird buzzing. And I was like, oh, you know, oh, and then I lay no. down on my side. Do you have, oh, yeah, you have like only time to just like stop and get down to a safe place? Is that, yeah, okay. basically. Mm-hmm. Wow. Interesting. Well, I'm so sorry for your week. Cause, yeah, I that's mean, a lot. And Blue was a great, 
great yeah. dog. He was he was wonderful and uh, a friend to all of us. He was, yeah. a, he was a friend to the community. <laughs> <laughs> he was very supportive of the Yes, audience. he was very community, supportive <laughs> of comedy. He was a comedy consumer. Yes. Really? Yeah, he I mean, has heard so much gossip about <laughs> just so much improv. <laughs> <laughs> he knows who does good space work. Yeah. Steals uh, yep. his jokes. Yeah, that's great. And then... Stephanie, you had tongue cancer. <laughs> How long ago was this? I don't mean to laugh, but oh, no. We, ha- I mean, my God, what are we talking about? We're literally yeah. going into. We're just in the shit today. It's good. I know. Okay, good. I love um, it. I mean, I love it because we're all here and we're just talking about being people, which is sometimes just fucking sucks, and that's that's all right. I know. Um, yeah, it's weird because one of the things that people ask me mostly is, "How did you even know?" Mm-hmm. And it was just, um, I have awful teeth. I, I'm one of those dental, <laughs> I get fillings like at once a year. Like oh, there's wow. always something uh-huh. happening. I have like four crowns now. And um, and I take good care of my teeth. It's just like genetic. Right, so I right. had had a ton of cavities right before I went to college. I had to get them all done super in a, in a jammed pack space. Mm-hmm. And the guy left some amalgam that was kind of, sloshing over my tongue. I mean, sloshing over my tooth and cutting my tongue constantly. Okay, okay. So during college, but you're in college and it was like, I was like having my- Drink more. And, yeah, drink yeah. and smoke. And and uh, <laughs> I was having my tongue cut and heal and cut and heal. And I always felt like, oh, something's cutting my tongue. And then kind of in junior year, I just noticed it stopped healing. It just constantly hurt. And that's when, after I graduated from college, um, I had a biopsy. So you had two years where you were just like, ow. Yeah, I mean, you know, but that's being 22. I know, I you know. Just, yeah. yeah. I mean, I would live with, con- like, oh, this door to my bedroom is jammed, and I'm, like, throwing myself against yep. my bedroom door just to get myself out the door for the day. I understand But, uh, but I'm that. never going to fix it, right. you know? Um, that was the same with my tongue. I was just like, well, I'm going to live with it. And so um, finally I said to my dad, I kind of begged him. I was actually having a filling at a uh, – my dad was a doctor, and I was having a filling done across the hall at a, den- at a dentist's office. And that dentist had told me when I'd showed him my tongue maybe a year and a half before, he was like, oh, yeah, no, it'll heal. And things heal really quickly in the mouth. And I was right. like, no, you don't get it. And then – when I went back the year later and I had this like filling. <laughs> you don't get it. You don't get it. And he's like, why are you? I'm right here. You don't have to talk like that. <laughs> you don't um, have to whisper in a scream. You don't have to sound like you're falling down a cave. Like, it's, uh, you're fine. Um, no, but I, so then I said to him, hey, doctor, do you remember about a year and a half ago, two years ago, when you told me things heal quickly and this will get better? I just, knowing that, I just want you to look at my tongue again today. And he looked at it and he was like, you need to get that biopsied right away. It looks angry at you. And I was like, it feels angry. And I went over to my dad and he he is a surgeon and he was just like, oh, fine, I'll biopsy it right now. And I was like, oh, no, I have an appointment with an actual facial surgeon. He's like, no dentist is going to work on my daughter. So oh. he just like, you know. They numbed me further in my tongue, mm-hmm. and I took a biopsy, and it showed that I had precancerous, uh, like it's called dysplasia. Mm-hmm. And then um, UCLA started treating me, and uh, over the next 10 years, they just watched it. And then one day, they were like, this has moved from mild to moderate, and there is no scale from 
there is no scale towards cancer. It could just go. And uh-huh. so they were they planned a surgery and they removed like, I don't know, two, three millimeters off the right side of my tongue. Mm-hmm. And um, the recovery to that was awful. But I can you can't imagine. really sw- you can't swallow and you can't eat. And I'm a comedian, you know, so I was like, this sucks. All I want to do is talk and <laughs> All I want yeah. and eat and eat. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> and um, then they found that there was cancer in what they took out. So that was good that we got it, but it was carcinoma in situ, meaning like it was all contained. Um, because every time I tell people like I, I have, I'm, you know, I'm getting this surgery to remove part of my tongue because they think that they, there could be cancer. People were like, oh, I knew somebody who had tongue cancer. What? Oh, and they like oh. trail off. And I was like, oh, are they dead? They're like, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, I shouldn't uh, have brought that up. And you're like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my God. I guess you just have no filter. But, but I would imagine, too, like, I mean, like yours, it was so clear to trace where it came from, how it happened. You know, from that from that dental situation. Yeah, I mean, it, you and don't. And you were so young. It's yeah. like I would imagine tongue cancer is that's mostly for like heavy smokers, late. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah I mean, like cigar smokers. Like, yeah, because right? so like mouth it's, for it's cancer. Yeah. yeah, chaw or yeah. whatever. But um, but the I mean, good still crazy thing, shit happens, of course, always, and it's, yeah. it's never fun to. Well, news. and then it and then it recurred. So I basically I, I always had had biopsies after that to make sure because they didn't get clean margins. It's this is like uh-huh. cancer tongue. They didn't get clean margins. <laughs> Yeah, no, so yeah. then it recurred, but I was engaged to be married at the time, and it was just such a different. I I really do credit the cancer, the my tongue surgery, with um, helping me kind of finally get um, settled down with somebody that was actually good for me, because basically your tongue, your mouth is like a sexual organ, and if you can't use it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I couldn't make conversation with pe- I didn't want to have conversations that were um, kind of like first date stuff like, oh, what are you up to? Right. Like, I, oh, I don't want wow. Okay. That's I interesting. I, I just learned how to talk. I don't want to talk about nothing. Right. And then um, also I, I had to like for the first time in my whole sexual adult life, I had to like stop making out with people. Right. Like, I couldn't um, yeah. just go, oh, I don't like this guy, but he's cute. I'm going to make out with him. Huh. Like, yeah, I couldn't so, make bad choices. So, you like you really were to, like, economy of words. Yep. And let's get to what's really important. Yep. And then I, I'm and I'm putting off, like, the intimacy, which I usually used to rush into. Right. Let's be honest. Yeah, you sure. You know who you are yeah. out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's so that's so fascinating. Yeah. And it's also weird because I had I had skin cancer on my, on my nose. Like, oh, almost about two years ago. Hmm. And had it removed and... It was no big. I mean, it was like you know one of those things. That, and both my parents uh, had it when they were about my age. Oh, wow. So as a kid, I remember thinking like, oh, I'll probably get that. I mean, it's like you know, it's one of those things. It's like when you're um when you're um, pale as in complexion, uh, <laughs> you know, as the drogies are, it, you're just gonna get. It's just gonna pop up. And you know, we obviously never took care of our skin as we should have, and all that, all that. And it was fine, but it's still getting that news, like having someone say, you have cancer. Mm-hmm. It's just like that, those words. And you're like, it's skin cancer and it's treatable, yet there's still like, what was that actor, James, is it Remar, whatever, who was the actor that just died of skin cancer? Like it had it for like 20 years and like, <gasps> oh, I can't think of his last name. Anyway, I he was, I didn't he know was this. fantastic. And you're like, anything can happen and you're like, and you're like going through and it just is that very... Yes terrifying time and that was around the same time that another friend of ours had testicular cancer and so right. he was dealing with that which is also very treatable right um but it's just one of those things of like it sucks to 
be sick and it mm. sucks to and, and it's all the you know and it's just it's hard to sleep mm-hmm. it's hard to not think about anything else yep and you know and uh but the on the flip side like bullshit doesn't matter yeah. you know and like yeah. you really don't care about you know any any tiny little minutia no, in your life you You're do like, go into an amazing space of like reevaluating your life for what is actually important right and for example i went into it because i was 31 i think when i first had it and or or maybe it was 29 or 30 i can't remember but um i remember thinking oh great here i am i have tongue cancer and i don't have a boyfriend or any kind of mate (laughs) that like is going to take care of me my parents have to and now i'm going to have this weird you know tongue thing and (laughs) <laughs> and, and and I don't maybe I'll die. I don't know. Is that kind of like your head spins and you're like, oh, yeah. well, I'm just going to like die alone. Is this what's going to happen? I'm never going to have anybody to take care of me except my parents. There was that feeling. And so I remember I just put out to sort of my world of friends. I was like, hey, I'm going to be at the hospital. I'm re- recovering from this tongue surgery. And the the wave of support that came back and mm. people that came to the hospital to visit me and people that came to my house for my recovery was so uplifting that literally I went from feeling like I was an incomplete person without somebody in my life right. to feeling yeah. like, oh, I don't need anybody. I'm going to be fine. Yeah. And that's yeah. weirdly right when a, another complete person came into my life. Wow. So I, I honestly, it's amazing how often, because I... For those of you, you two know this, but for those of you listening who don't know me, um, I live with my little sister and my brother lives in L.A. And um, and I have a roommate that I've lived with for like 18 years now or something. So I very much have this family, mm-hmm. literally family, um, that I've known uh, some my whole life and some for a very long portion of my life. And so we're constantly saying things like, well, why don't you just invite us over? Why the Smiths will take care of? Like, we'll do we'll do this, this and this and and um people will be like, yeah, sure, sure. And then they don't, or they do. Um, But I realize that I don't actually do that that often. I don't, because I have my sister and my brother, um, I usually save all the messy for them and don't Mm. reach out. And times when, like, when I first had seizures um, or anything in our our just community of people that where something bad has happened, and there's almost like an embarrassment of riches of people who all they want to do is help and give and do something and... And it's yes, it's incredible, but yeah. it, it definitely it's sad that it takes a tragedy for you to realize. Yeah, it does, and it's like, well, I think also, I mean, living out here, we all are so spread out and doing our own thing, and and it's sort of we, but we also have this very wide network of, and we don't always see each other. We will mm-hmm. go months without seeing each other because we've like, known each uh, other all probably like fifteen years. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Which is crazy. It feels it, like it. It's less than that, but it's, yeah. Yeah, no. that, yeah, easily. And so, you know a lot more people than you think you do out here and, and in other ways. And people just like, and also we we have very intense relationships. And then we, they go away. We don't see each other for a long time. But then we, you know, and so, you know, and also I think people just want to help and know what to do. You know, it's Try- like we don't feel like it's a small town until things like this happen. And right. you're like, oh, everybody wants to you know, help. And tragedies and... are good for like clearing away the dead rubbish that's been like yeah. you when it's like, oh, I something happened and that friend didn't call. And then you're kind of like that friend is kind of an out like right. they're always right. been an asshole. Right. And then you allow it also allows people to step up in a way that you would never see them step up. Right. Without there being exactly. a circumstance to do so. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, 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 I talked about this a few weeks ago on uh, on my show, but I. I 
comedian Gary Shapiro, who I did lots of shows with off and on. And I didn't know him very well, but I always adored him, and he was a delight. Um, he uh, died suddenly a few a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine called me to tell me, and it was it was so lovely that she called, like she thought of me to call and tell me that, because I wasn't like an immediate friend that you would have to tell, but I also was like, I'm so glad I didn't find out another way or, you know, and it was just, it was something that like, it took a lot for her. I'm like, how many phone calls is she making right now to, to yeah. call and tell oh, people? Yeah. But what a lovely gesture to, to like, to have that, a connection where we used to always do, that's how you always used to find out things. But now with... You know, social media, you'll see it splattered somewhere. Or like, you know, you kind of have to like Google someone and be like, did they really die? Or is this a weird joke or what's going on? And, yeah. you know, and to have that, just to have that human connection and for her to even think of me, you know, like that was really touching yeah, to me so in, a, in, a, in, a, in a way that I was like, I, I didn't expect to, I, as sad as I was on, on one hand about Gary, I was also so touched that my friend was like, thought, you know, uh, of me to do that. And I think we all are a lot more you know, connected and and um, together than we think we are, even when we don't have, we don't see each other for, you know, long stretches of time. And um, and we're also, like, bleeding, feeling, arty people. So, like, we need to, like, take care. You know what I mean? I yeah. think there's also that. Like, we really just, like, y- you know, we've, we've also, I mean, those of us that have known each other 15 years, we've grown up together. I mean, yeah. like, I've known you guys since I was in my early early 20s and um i'm sorry i was burping i wasn't i wasn't <laughs> editing uh, if people listening that might sound like i'm editing my age since i Drew was is 75 years old. <laughs> <No. Yeah. laughs> but you know i mean like you spend your 20s you know and you grow up together and like you 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 know and you you know you learn a lot and make a lot of mistakes together and you know i also think i always just now there's a new element to it um of like how do you how do you grieve? How do you show emotion? How do you deal with anything? Mm-hmm. Pre the internet, pre anything, still the idea that you would um, like announce it to your class or cry in school or right. You know uh, how would who would know? Who would get told? Mm-hmm. How? Why and when and like what my parents told us and didn't tell us and all that kind of stuff. And so now it's that feeling of like, um, when something big happens in your life, you're like, do I? send out an email do i call people is that weird should i do i p- tweet about it do i like you mm. don't and i feel like whether you're an well inter- you don't have any responsibility to do anything when you're the person who's no. lost something but i know what you mean you know i mean and I, I don't know that there's any right way of of doing it right i've also felt like i have consumed other people's tragedy by facebook and been like I don't know what to do with this. Like, yeah. it's like, oh, that guy I did a show with once, mm-hmm. dad died. Right. Like, I I can say I'm sending love, but it's right. like, I actually don't know what. But it's really all you can ever say. And it's something that, like, I mean, you know, you, you and I have talked about it a lot, Colleen. We, you know, have lost fathers. And it's like when that when something like that happens and you're like, all you really can hear is I, I'm, I love you. I'm thinking of you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, there's no other... Like beyond that, there's not really not much more that you really, and it's all I can say when I, you know, say, to, you know, and I, I only know that sadly from personal experience because yeah. when I was going through it and when people say to, when say to me, oh, I know what you're going through, 
It's no. I, I I really recoiled at that because I was like, you do because I don't know what I'm going through. Yeah. So please tell me what I'm going through. <laughs> you can't. And, and, I didn't know you were me. And yeah. I, right. And it's and I know people have good intentions, and I know that they. But I had I I had someone tell me that you know, I mean, within a week of losing my father, she was like, yeah, I know what you're going through. I mean, I I feel that way with my divorce, <laughs> and it's just like, no, you don't. Right. Like that's that's so shitty, and I know you're trying to connect and it's something that like I know we all try to do and I do this a lot on the show where people come in with a story and I go I feel the same way and I've had that and I understand <laughs> you know and I get why we want to we want to find similar you know you know you, just like you said you had tongue cancer and yours was a lot more life threatening than mine and I'm like I had skin cancer so no. I know we all do I, it but it's a weird thing where we people don't know how to be or know don't know what to say and really the simplest thing is I think the best and it just means I love you and I'm here yeah and, you know, um, and it's always nice when people, you know, do things for you and they want to, you know, b- bring you food. I mean, it's so Southern, but it's like everybody just shows up with food or like, you know, gives you rides places or whatever you sort of just need in your life. Because you do go through periods where you're just like, I don't want to get out of bed. So mm-hmm. come over and help me get out of bed today. You know, and little things like that. Sure. But, you know, it's it is also hard. And also we all live such public lives now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like a thing where. You know, um, when things happen and you do post it and it's like you have people. And so, like, you can be doing fine that day and then someone can randomly bring up to you on the street. I mean, I was having this conversation yesterday with um, some friends who are um, f- famous. And, um, <laughs> I was going to say it. Famous. And they were just talking about, like, when they have a breakup. And how difficult it is that, like, it's, like, one thing when, like, you have to deal with the breakup and you get over it. But then you're walking down the street and a stranger just goes, how's so-and-so? Or I heard that you broke up with so-and-so. And people are just, like, they forget that you're a person and you have to, you know, put on a face and not be that. And all you want to do is scream at them, like, mind your own fucking business. But then the story is that person's an asshole. Right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it's 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 very awkward. But on some level, we're all famous in that way because of Facebook and Twitter and you know, everything. We all have that. Like, it's like it doesn't even... Yeah, you know, I'll be like, oh, Montana looked fun. They'll be like, how? Oh, right. Right. You know? And I'm like, I don't know. I just was on your trip right. to Montana with you basically through pictures. Right. Yeah. And even with this show, like, I, I just say so many things and that and, and it's all fine and great but then I'll have people that will know things about me and then I'll be like how did you know that and they're like I listen to your show and I'm like oh cool I'm glad you listen to the show but like I'm just like I you know um, uh, yeah and, and, and so I you know to me it's like fun to just like share so many things but it is a little bit strange that we all kind of hold on to pieces of information and then when you're going through something it's very hard to grieve alone or to know how to grieve because you're having so many people tell you how to grieve or telling you how to feel. I feel like for me, when my dad died, um, I went right back to working and I I did that thing that it's always in- interesting where, um, you know, you go like, hi, how are you? Because I waited tables and someone it goes, good, how are you? And you can't say good. You know, yeah, uh-huh. you just you have to just say, I'm fine. And most people don't notice because they're not right. listening to their waiter. They right. just want they, their barbecue chicken pizza. Right. <laughs> uh-huh. But this one woman said, um, just fine. 
and I was oh, like, shit, boy. Um, and I was like, string has been pulled. Yeah, and I was like, uh, well, <laughs> the sweater's coming apart. You know, and I, <laughs> I told her I was like, well, you know, honestly, my dad just died, and she so. Oh my god. And she was like, oh, you know, I, I lost my father, however many years ago, and and we just talked about it, and it was really helpful. It was wow. really helpful because, it is weird. It's almost like you have a giant gaping head wound or like a parrot on your shoulder, mm-hmm. and no one's talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um. And you come back to a group of people who have never met your father, like know nothing about this giant chunk of your life. Right. That's very hard. Yeah. And so yes. you're just like existing and everyone's ignoring it or not even ignoring it. They just don't know about it. And this is a person who like, she's just a lady. But And it was really helpful. But my little sister had the exact opposite reaction. Like people would try to come up to her and talk to her about their stories. And she'd be like, I it's I got my grief. Like I don't need your yeah. grief on my grief. Like yeah. this is my like I'm sorry that happened to you, but I don't I don't need right. to like, help you with yours. And I so I circling back to what you said, I do think the best response is always like, I'm sorry that sucks. And like yeah. I keep, let, think, I keep yeah. thinking that that lady like on the tip line of your bill just went, We talked. I think I've done enough. <laughs> and then like you see her like a week later and she's talking to another waiter and sharing in their grief and you're like this woman's crazy. She's just trying to get crazy. out of tipping. I have weirdly had like uh, strange customers. Like one guy was a uh, therapist and I was in the middle of dealing with my aunt going insane and us having to commit her. And he was like, he like really talked me through it. It was like, I oh, work in wow. the counter at California Pizza Kitchen. I, I love sure, it. I mean, the all types go to the CPK. Yeah, the oh CP. It takes all kinds. Oh, my God. Girl, you've had an adventure of a life. <laughs> well, I mean, we're already getting so, we've already been so deep today, which I love. But um, <laughs> would do either of you have a, have a story or a, a revelation or something you'd like to talk mm. about? Let's see. Do you mm. want to go first, Stephanie? Do you got it? I suppose I could. Yeah, I forced do. you to reveal that you had tongue cancer. <laughs> I mean, I know. <laughs> I was so, um, yeah, it was like one of those things I just didn't want to come out. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is, the street is and now you're going to be like, I can. don't like feta cheese. <laughs> it's just I never did. my thing. Actually, well, yeah, I'll, I'll lighten it up. No, it doesn't uh, have to be light. I just, yeah. No, it's, uh, well, but I was thinking about it. I was like, what have I really never talked about before? Because I'm such a blabbermouth. Yeah, um, <laughs> I know. I was once um, being groomed to be a part of the American Mime Theater Company. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes. I love that you were being groomed for I was. So basically, um, (laughs) this is when I I graduated from college in 1998, and then I went to New York, and I had the weirdest jobs, like, um, and the weirdest auditions, because this was when... Um, I worked for Citibank and all these things, and I would steal all of their envelopes and their postage, <laughs> and I would send out to like backstage and all of those uh-huh. where you could submit yourself. Right, of course, sure. they're, they're the worst auditions. The, in the worst, world. the weirdest. I, I one time spent um, like an afternoon cl- uh, like crawling around um, during Halloween dressed as Elvira. Oh my like, god! Doing that, um, just crawling around. Yeah, like doing did Elvira the crawl? No, but I mean, you know, just kind <laughs> well, of I mean, slinking I mean, around. I, I mean, I, I wasn't doing an impression of her because she's actually very funny. And that would be they she's, were like, yeah, she's a they genius, just wanted yeah. like silent me, just kind of showing up in people's offices and like scaring them. For <laughs> oh my god! I know, I don't silent know. crawling Elvira. You know, you get it. Or like Here's I was thirty dollars. Go, you know, yeah, yeah. Karen. Right. I was Karen Finley's assistant. 
assistant. Oh for my her. god, what was that like? I mean, Colleen, do you know Sarah Finley, Karen Finley, I was gonna chocolate smeared woman. Yeah, she like put avocados in her ass and like she was like she was yeah. one of the wasn't she one of the NEA? She was, and it was during yeah. that case. Okay, so that, she was one of the top five, the, the NEA five. There were people, the National Endowment for the Arts, the people who were on the banned list and they were you know the religious right had a huge war against them they're pretty oh. awesome yeah they, were, they had a Supreme Court case and they lost yeah uh, yes they yeah. did and yes. it was um, like um, was it Jose Serrano am I saying that wrong I'm surprised I'm that not wrong. sure. Oh boy, piss Christ! You know, piss Christ. Like, I, that, there was the, the, I don't know any of or Maplethorpe. Okay. I think Ma- I, I, I do know Maplethorpe, Maplethorpe was is. earlier, I believe. No, but, but this, these were the people I think in the suit. No, or no? Tim. Um, oh my God, why am I losing his last name? He's a genius, performance artist, gay. Per- oh, Tim. Oh, I, we're, he's so great. Anyways, look it, yeah, at that. Yeah, he was one of them. Yeah. I feel anyway. like in the movie of this, I'm that person who gets ushered in so that you have to explain everything. Oh, to exactly. Them, you Here's know? the thing about NA five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, I would like just catch her chocolate smeared panties and mm-hmm. stuff when she would like disrobe Tim and, like, Miller Tim Miller I thought of it right now I have okay, to say gotcha, it okay got you too please <laughs> I love you Tim oh my Miller God. Yeah. Um, yeah so and uh, mm-hmm. anyhow so one of the auditions was um, to go to the American Mime Theater Company and like become potentially one of their uh, company and <laughs> I like a company member and I went and there was just like you know 30 mm. women or something and we all just started like <laughs> <It was> all <laughs> women? <laughs> yes because this well, this was the thing they had lost um, one of their female performers and they needed it to balance the uh, troop oh okay okay um, so it's 30 women for one role 30 women and then it got whittled down to three and we had to go week after week and basically there was a guy he was chain smoking this like elderly guy just shouting like up hit and drop hit like because you because in mime you have to kind of come to like a rest like oh, I you see. yeah sure you really it's like, like kind of mechanical and right so it, crisp and precise and he was literally yeah. like Debbie Allen you know with a with a stick just sitting there barking <laughs> like mime commands at us oh my god this is my favorite thing ever and I <laughs> literally like at one point um. You know, I was just sitting there like, what? And so, so anyhow, we would, we'd, you know, work our way out of a box and like run against the wind and <laughs> like rope climb to nowhere. And, um, he pulled me aside and was like, we have chosen you. We would, <laughs> we would like you to be the member. You know, we were inviting you into the company. And, I had this like panic because the man was so mean. He was like this alcoholic, chain smoking, <laughs> crazy person. And I just saw because it was really like it's a job. Right. And I do I do kind of you know, I I, I was good at it, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it was just that idea like this isn't what I thought I was gonna do though when I came to New York. Right, right. And I just had to walk away. And so of course I took the stairs behind the couch wow okay. <laughs> so how did you how did you <laughs> I, took the ele- I took the elevator down to nowhere the only mime i can think yeah. of besides marcel like marcel right painted yourself invisible I, I, am i the now, only mime you, you've ever met how yeah. did you uh oh do you know amy rhodes yes. i know amy rhodes, amy know rhodes was a mime yeah she has a whole thing she yeah exactly she was a she was she did mime yeah. all through all through high school and oh she was talking about how gosh. she was like she was like, believe it or not, I was a virgin in high school because I was a mime. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but uh, yeah, no, um, what was I going to say? Oh, how did you break the news to uh, angry, alcoholic, smoking, cane, Debbie Allen man? Yeah, you know what? I, I'm okay. If if I'm if I'm remembering it correctly, because remember, I think I was this would have made me 21. Uh-huh. I 
would do what I did back then, which was probably I told him to his face, I'll think about it. Right. And then went home <laughs> and then never returned a phone call. Oh, okay. Or, you yeah. know, I was... I'm not saying I'm proud of that part of no, me, no, no. but I'm that's sort of how, how I dealt he, with really how, uncomfortable things. How he related to it. Oh, I mean, I'm still kind of that way at, at 40. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't not return phone calls, but I will certainly be like, oh, we'll see. Well, I don't know. Right. Just because, like, there's no... Especially in the in the face of like an uh, like an angry drunk who's going to make you immediately who's going to have to insult you. I just always wonder because yeah. like you know in my years of doing like early uh, shows in L.A. and I remember I was in this sketch group and it was this, with this crazy guy, and then I and, and he rewrote all the sketches and made everything uh, you know horrible. And then so he was doing the next show and I was like I think I'm not gonna I, I was like I'll think about it kind of a thing right right right. And then I finally was like I'm just not gonna do it. I don't know how I told him and he went off on me and was just like, don't ever think about coming back here. Oh, I know. And like, it was just this, and it was like, you're not as good as you think you are. Like, he had to, <gasps> he had to insult Scorched me. earth, right. He had to insult me in order to have power because he didn't, he couldn't understand me leaving him, me not needing him. And he was like, I gave you this opportunity and like, I thought you were going to be part. And it was after I had done one show with him and it was like, the fact that I wasn't going to do the very next show, he couldn't handle it. Yeah. And like, some of these people in those positions no. of, power or just like so that's why i asked and, like, no that was they... it i mean this looked like uh, so I, I i i i'm sure i probably walked away and said maybe and then never came back mm. because this was a man who was consuming everything just cigarette after cigarette uh -huh. just kind of like all the air in the room any joy i mean he was so, such a taskmaster and also i don't think i almost ever saw him mime which was <laughs> it wasn't like he got up and you just had this respect for his right, craft right, he right, just right, was, yeah. he was terrorizing these little mimes into they weren't little you know terrorizing these mime people into form and it, I just thought, yeah, if I tell him this, he will consume me. He will like make me. He'll make a fucking meal out of me. If he can, if he can do that about the way my wrist lands in, yes, you yeah. know, uh, um, like some kind of pose when I'm trying to hold an um, imaginary umbrella. Like, imagine what he's gonna do if I tell him go fuck himself. Right, exactly. Could you go on the website now and see if he a, oh, is still alive? First of all, I don't. And who else is in the company? Uh, who's gonna like in an imaginary computer they create? No I'm kidding. <laughs> There's always the other thing is like is like we've really. I mean, look, we all love improv, but there is something where it's like, uh, to what end we'll pretend? Like, <laughs> let's stop here, you know. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah, yeah. I have not. I I when I was thinking about the minor revelation, I had to come. I like it came out of me. Like I was like, oh wow, I remember when I mimed. And so I have not looked it up, or I don't remember. And that guy was dead in two years, I'm sure. <laughs> um, and yeah, that was. Anyways, uh, that's wow. so crazy. Yeah. And um, I also just wondered, like, they, did they do shows like as a company? It was like a touring thing. Yeah, it was like a. It was one of two, I think, mime troops in New York that were really. I mean, it was this prominent. I, again, somebody from the mime community is going to come back and be like, mm -hmm. "There's shit." They're just called the American Mind Theater Company. Oh, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, at that, because also, this is 98, 99. Were trying out. It had to have had some reputation. Yeah. I think it was, you know, because you see an ad in backstage. That's the other thing, too. At that, at that stage, you're just like, I'll take anything. It's a job and I'll do anything. And this I was pre internet. I mean, if you're like me, because I was that way, I would, I would just audition for so many things and get almost nothing. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, the amount of stuff I would, the amount of apartments I went into and auditioned in bedrooms and I auditioned right. in like the weirdest situations and like, 
which is for terrible like student films and things and I was like it's a job it's a gig it's, it, exactly. I'm gonna do it and, or I would drive like an hour and a half to, to a theater to go audition yep. for some play and I'm like I was gonna rehearse for like six weeks and then do like a six week eight week run in like you know Sierra Madre or somewhere <laughs> yeah. like oh sure that's that's you know great for everyone involved <laughs> um, have you seen Sally Jesse Raphael's mime video it was one of the <gasps> earliest Funny or Die videos she plays it so real. You oh you God. don't know if she's kidding or not. Oh wow! And I'm sure she's not. But it is one of the funniest, greatest things. You definitely. I have got to look that check out. it out. It's it's a it's it's about her life as a mime. It's like people didn't realize that Sally Jesse Raphael was also a mime, and she's so invested in it. It's oh, it's pretty it. wonderful, and it makes you love her. Oh wow! When you watch it, you're like, oh yeah, she she gets it. I mean, that's the thing is, it really was. I mean. There's a dance to it. There's like an art. There's a you really I mean, you you so have to pour yourself and obviously creating the nothing that you're yeah. working against. You know, mm-hmm. you're it's all space work, basically, which I'm not great at. But anyhow. Oh, my God. I'm horrible at all of it. I'm horrible at space work. I yell at my students about doing space work all the time. For those of you listening, it's like the space that you give objects that are not there. So how you hold a a, a mug of coffee or a, a telephone or a gun. You have to you have to leave space in your hand for those objects and not just indicate them with your fingers. Yeah, if you put a chair there, you can't walk through the chair. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I just rarely do it when I perform. I'm not good at it. But Colleen, you do, you're amazing at puppet improv. And I did one class of that and I was so bad and so frustrated and mad and throwing puppets everywhere and I was like this is hard and um, and I always blamed being tall as part of it but you're also <laughs> very tall and you, you it's know. like a certain amount of tall like I'm the right tall if you're taller than me then it, you really have to crouch yeah and you're how tall are you? Six one. Oh, yeah, I'm six three. So that's yeah. the, you know. It does get then you it does get too. Even tall. though I There's randomly a as a, as a little, I randomly visited my IMDb page the other day just to check in and yeah, I, I don't dropping, know have a great ladies. I really enjoy my credits. <laughs> I was just curious. I hadn't seen it when I was like what and I and someone had added on there that I was six one and I was like oh. whoever added that detail is incorrect. So <laughs> I'm gonna leave it because I think it's just cute and fun. Yeah, we'll um, probably shrink to that size anyways. Oh, I would, you know, I would, I would love to be. 61 actually I don't enjoy the extra two inches to be perfectly honest you um, are tall I am t- yeah I'm a little too tall for, I'm too tall for my personality I think I think what? I would yeah that's a, that's a statement that's a- yeah I mean I don't mean it in like a, I just I'm small I, I just feel like whenever I, I see people they always say oh my god you're so much taller than I remember because I just don't think I come off like a taller I, think I, I just don't portioned. I, um, I, I definitely, as a as a tall person, when people are always like, "Wow, you're you're tall," I didn't realize you were this tall. So much of it is like I don't have really long legs, mm-hmm. and I think when you see uh, women, especially because they tend to wear things up at their waist and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's usually they have really long legs, so you mm-hmm. they look tall from a distance. From a distance, I look normal size and then I get close <laughs> you get close like oh wow, you're, Whoa, it's also I think it's one of those awful things about just being sort of a basic like human a basic bitch is people going oh wow they're tall oh I know, oh. I know. Yeah, they people don't have anything else to oh, say they short. just, they yeah. just yeah. want to yeah. say the most obvious thing I'm sorry your dad died just what people are just what are basic those are the three things people say because <laughs> you're a uh, <laughs> I love uh, it I love it this episode of Minor Revelations is brought to you by Fulton and Rourke. 
Fulton & Rourke is a men's fragrance and grooming company that specializes in solid colognes, shave, and shower products, all designed to make getting ready easier and more enjoyable. Their travel-friendly, wax-based colognes go anywhere. Plus, there's nothing to break or spill. And of course, they all smell fantastic. Fulton & Rourke's bar soap is designed to exfoliate the skin with or without a washcloth. And GQ Magazine just named their shave cream the very best on the market today. Try it for yourself at FultonAndRourke.com and save 15% off your purchase by using the code FERAL at checkout. I wear jeans all the time, and I usually wear one pair until I wear them out. And it's so hard to find that one perfect pair of jeans that's not, you know, insanely expensive. So there are these jeans by this company named Distilled, and they are incredible, and they are luxury-grade denim at an affordable price. Uh, They would normally cost you hundreds of dollars, but they are only $75. They have the same fabrics, factories, wash houses as the best-known brands and designers, but they skip the markups and the middlemen, and the result is pure, unadulterated denim without the retail runaround. You just need to go to distilled.com, and that's spelled D-S-T-L-D dot com, and see where minimalist design meets maximum comfort. It's really hard to find great jeans that don't have insane jewels on them or ironically ripped kneecaps or just like bizarre things. It's just great. It's hard to find a really just decent pair of jeans. I have the answer for you. Go on distilled.com. That's D-S-T-L-D. And you will get incredible jeans that start at just $75. They cut out the middleman. They just deliver them right to you. Just go to dstld.com right now and use the promo code FERAL at checkout and get 20% off your first pair. That's dstld.com and promo code FERAL. Five letters, dstld.com. Um, Colleen. Okay. Um, uh, I just thought of this one actually. Mm. And I, uh, I think only like Jennifer knows this. Um, so this is a real revelation. Oh, I, um, can't wait. I think I lost my virginity twice. <gasps> what? Need to hear what it. Do you okay. Mean? So, um, when I was 17 years old, um, I lost my virginity to my boyfriend at the time. We went to a neighbor island. We had sex. Because you're from Hawaii. I'm from Hawaii, so, so you, you say go- neighbor island. We need to make yeah. sure we went to right. uh, Big Island, Hawaii, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and you're originally from. I'm originally from uh, Oahu. Okay, um, so we had sex, but um, we didn't know what we were doing because we were both virgins, and so it took a long time. Did but- you plan on? You're, you're like, let's yes, there was plan. There was lubricants. There were various uh, kinds of birth control. There was tons of stuff, except there was no foreplay and no <laughs> alcohol. I didn't drink then, so just. No, like, emotional lubrication or personal lubrication, just uh, outside lubrication. <laughs> and so we just, we tried it just from... plenty of glide. Yeah, plenty of glide. We tried it from every <laughs> angle. Um, you know, there was penetration, but it was painful. And, right, right. Um, we did it that one time, and then, like, the rest of the weekend I was away, I was like, we're not doing it. Like, my vagina's sore, no. Uh-huh. And then I was like, we're not having sex again until I'm on the pill. Because we had... Uh, we had Condom. I had, we had a condom. I put this like foam up in me and we had spermacetal lubricant, oh, but God. I was like, we're not having it on the regular until I'm on the pill. So then I got on the pill and we moved to LA and we had sex like once, but it was the same thing of like, okay, I think I'm getting the hang of it. But then he, you know, he was new to it. So he's like, you got to slow down or I'm going right. to orgasm in about four seconds. And I was like, okay, now, yeah, I'm done. Like we're, so we only had a couple failed attempts and then we broke up. 
but we stayed, we lived together, but we mm. broke up. And my, that was my get out of jail thing of like, well, then I'm off the pill and we're never having sex. <laughs> so um, I threw all the pills away and all the birth control away. And we did everything but for like nine months until he moved back to Hawaii. So then several years, I won't tell you how many, go by. And um, my only friends are uh, gay men so and women. So I'm not getting laid at all. And I finally was like, too much time has gone by and I'm in a situation where I can sleep with somebody, and I I trust this person. They're good looking, and I have zero emotional investment in them at all. Yeah. So I can just have sex with this person, mm-hmm. and it will be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the safest one night stand, and um, I had sex with him, and it like at this point I, I was very drunk, and all <laughs> there was tons of foreplay. Yes. Um, and we had sex, and it wasn't great, but it was whatever, and it was one of those things where I was like, well. You know, it was on, like, the floor, and I got up, and I was like, well, I'm going to go home. Uh And and I went home, and I went to the bathroom, and I was bleeding. And I was like, oh, maybe you just started your period. But then I didn't have my period for, like, three days. Mm. So what I think happened was that I never had my – I don't think my hymen hymen. ever broke because it never bled Mm. With the oh, first guy, was uh-huh. he small? Oh, no, you don't need to let me. The know first that. guy, I don't need to know. This is this is also. <laughs> the, I'm sorry, I just got so curious about uh, my recommendation up. for anyone losing I know, their virginity. I had the exact same thought, Stephanie. I was like, like oh, like, well, then maybe I'm, with. I'm curious about like, an 18 year old's penis in the past. <laughs> Actually, he was he was 21. If it makes you feel better. Uh, okay, um, no, my recommendation to all girls losing your virginity: lose them to men with small penises. Because he didn't have a small penis; he had a large penis. That, I think that was Jeez. part of the problem. It was like a good seven inches, and like. And it, mm. so, it was a large... Both of our eyebrows raised. <laughs> We're like, all right, all right sure. So go on. Um, did it curve? Did it... <laughs> it it, it no, didn't. Okay, it, was that's straight, not... it was straight. It was all those lovely things. It was uh, a lovely penis. Mm. And um, so I think it. I never broke my hymen. And then that second guy broke my hymen. Wow. Now his... He, now... <laughs> So I don't know if that counts Again, as... Again, was he long? Yes. I mean, I don't mean... Okay. I have weird... Colleen only sleeps with well-endowed like men. Have... She, leaves, she leaves pockets of time in between. She lets her hymen grow back, and then she's <laughs> like, go to town, go to Jonger. Town. I spell hymen with a Y, and you spell it I-G-H. Hymen. Ah. It's, it's up there. You got to be off. I don't, I don't know that it can grow oh, back. Maybe you I have just... a high... Is that a thing that's like the, can, uh, the hymens? Are they uh, different? You can have long... You can have different sized... Vaginas are so fascinating Vaginas. because they're, they're, they're they? just such... <laughs> No, I mean, I mean because I spend so very, very little time with them. But oh, yeah. I, I also am just fascinated. Like when I, when I do, when I've seen pictures of how wildly different they oh, look yeah. on the outside. Yeah. Oh. So I didn't know about that, like, that. And then we had we went and saw your show, and there was that weird fight afterwards about different styles of vaginas. What show was this? Um, we went and saw a, a, a mommy, not mommy dears. What it was? Die, 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 die mommy die, die mommy die. Uh-huh. And earlier that day, someone had posted a BuzzFeed list of. The different types of vaginas that a, a bikini waxer described, mm-hmm. and um, I, I have no memory of this. We talked about this. Well, you maybe were at a different table, but okay. we were all discussing the different kinds. And I was like, "Oh, I have either the Barbie kind or the like puffy Barbie kind, whatever <laughs> that kind that is." And uh, God, people, but now I have to hear all the kinds. People, but I guess yeah. I'll just go. People Google at the it. table it's... were like. <laughs> Um, no, best. you don't. Yeah. Like, I was bragging because I have, like, a, what is considered standard vagina. I'm like, I'm not bragging. <laughs> I just, <laughs> like, Breaking news on BuzzFeed. What's your vagina like? Yeah. Mm. And it turns out, like, but it uh, who somebody at the table thought I was, like, 
bragging. And I'm like, I will go home and double check for you. Uh, oh, my God. Like, as far as I know, no part of the inside of my vagina sticks out of my lips. Like Now, we're going to have to... That's a vulva, right? Yeah. Great. Right. Just make it... Vagina's the, the canal. Yeah. in the, right. Well, but the, yeah, they were talking about the outside. The so, outside, But yeah. the outside, I assume... You know, like, there's the Barbie vagina where it's just, like, the lips come together and that's it. Mm-hmm. But she don't have nothing, though. There's yeah the lips come together and that's there's nothing outside of oh, it. Oh, they don't have lips on a Barbie. Well, they, oh, okay, they just Sorry. have like a like a straight old. Yeah, straight. So imagine yeah. lips added to that. Got it. Whereas well, just, yeah, did, a, did this person think that you like literally had like a like a doll crotch where there was like zero? <laughs> no, I think they just, were saying that like huh? because on the the drawings there was like curtains where it was like right. they're they're closed at the top but they're mm-hmm. kind of open at the bottom. One was like a like a lotus flower, so it mm-hmm. opened in the middle. Steph is figuring out like what is mine. I think there was I like just, I'm horse, sitting on it. There's horseshoe. <laughs> There was like there was like the clo- fully clothed oh purple God. clover. Rainbow. Yeah, there were, were different styles of it. Like one, I think there was like none. I don't know. There were names. None. For it. <laughs> <laughs> like a flying nun. A nun giant. Like a like Sally Fields. Habit. Or maybe it was like it, it revealed itself at the top, but not the bottom. So it was like a nun's oh, head and a habit. Oh I don't know. my God! But, gosh, it's a this lot. This bikini waxer has taken a lot of time. Well, not that's all they do all day, and they yeah. see bare vaginas because mm-hmm. hair probably covers a lot. Yes, yes, yes. But yes, if you're true. doing Brazilians all day, you're really going to see. Yeah, inside you're getting the all in there. Yeah, vaginas. Wow. So. Uh, did, that was the one and only time you slept with that second guy? Did yes. he notice blood? Like, did he no, call you and think, be like, are you okay? No, or? I don't think he noticed blood. He was very drunk, so I don't think mm-hmm. he noticed. We were Got both it. very, very drunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've never then bled subsequently, so it's not like... And time has gone by between mm-hmm. that and then the next time I had sex. Right, 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 right. Where I don't think I'm regrowing hymens. I that, think I, I never... I, I, that'd be kind of uh, yeah, insane. The worst that would be horrible. ever. Because a be lot horrible, of girls lose like, their you know, hymen when they are like... Little kids, like they fall out of a tree or I they're riding that, horses yeah. or something. Oh, you like did? That. Yeah, right, oh. on a bike. Yeah. Uh-huh. I just remember being like, like, stupidest idea ever to ride a bike without a seat. And it wasn't like that, like the old joke of riding a bike without a seat. <laughs> just the seat had fallen off. And so what you do normally is you stand up most of the time anyways. But I went over a, a bump and it, yeah, I was like, yeah, like it nailed oh. me. And I was like, ouch. And not like in, but just like, from the outside, it was that such area. a yeah. It was such a I don't I it, mm. I didn't have a, a hymen break my first time. Yeah. So I think I think he I never got fully up there. Well, I think. Yeah. Wow. Well, and you want to I mean because that's part of the thing with sex is that you have to get through the painful weird parts. You have to do those a couple times before you really start to enjoy it. Yeah. It's no painful. one says like oh my god my first time was so amazing so magical and. Mm. It's like, or, or 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 it felt so good. You know, it might be like it was really special and lovely, and we had a great, you know, and yeah. we really loved each other. But like, it's it's also like it's quick and it hurts and it's just, uh, yeah. And it's also so mental. You have to what you have to like sort of give up and just release and yeah. It's a bizarre. It's like it's amazing how much you can lock down those muscles when you like. We're just like oh oh they like. I mean, you can't lock them down, like, prevent stuff, but you can definitely. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be, like, making a case for those people who are like, a woman's body can prevent rape. No, oh, yeah. but it, oh, yes, but it can. <laughs> Let's definitely drive home that narrative. But, like, that senator, <laughs> who is that senator that was like a woman when she just, uh, when when it's not going well, she can actually shut down and, and yes, make the butt. Make I don't the remember his Baby name. not, make the sperm not hit, yeah, connect to the we egg. We have that ability. You have that ability. These w- <laughs> if, if men really, th- that's why they're terrified of women. They really think that women are witches and that they give women so much power in that way like 
yeah, women can do that. They actually have the ability to. Also, Even don't you he, think, I mean, uh, just speaking specifically of vaginas, though, like we all know what a penis looks like. I think all of us do. Mm-hmm. It's just, hang, it's literally out there. Mm-hmm. It's, hang, you know, and then and then if you ever see your dad naked, you're like, that's what it looks like. Right. Um, I just think that there, there still is so much mystery around what, like, the other half of the world, like, what their parts look like. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, this would be surprising, you know. Yeah, I mean, I was like, I thought I knew a lot about my internal organs. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute, did you, have you been, like, technically sporting a hymen this whole time? Yeah. I, but I was thinking of that um, Jill Soloway thing she wrote, um, and she might have come up with this or she might have gotten it from somebody, but that idea of, like, um, men had to put women down because they saw women bleed and not die. Oh, wow. Oh, and wow. that idea of, wow. like, if if they're not... If they're not magical creatures, then they must be evil witches. You uh-huh. know, like how do you explain something that bleeds for eight days and doesn't die? It's so crazy when you're like prehistoric man. Right, 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 right. And and uh, yeah, and and also yeah. I mean, it's I I have I have no idea how that is, but like that's that's fascinating <laughs> they, to think that like yeah, that's what it is. It's like they could be that. I mean, I also I I volunteered at my kid's school yesterday, and she's mm-hmm. in kindergarten, and. We, I, you call two by two, you call the kids out. And I was really surprised at the age of five and six. All the boys, we were just making, you know, with toothpicks and marshmallows, we were making cubes and, and pyramids and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I had to talk them through it. And I would say, so first you're going to, and they'll go, I know, I know, I know. I already know. <laughs> I already wow. know. Wow. And, and I don't think this was trained in them. Right. I think it's a very and and the girls would like listen to me the whole way through, mm-hmm. and be like, okay, and kind of doubt themselves. Mm-hmm. I, I and again, I'm not saying this is the worst scientific experiment ever. It's just like <laughs> I saw twenty kids. No, it's yesterday. an observation, and yeah, exactly, but yeah, sure. But, but it's like I I am I am I think also when you're in a group and things need to be made, decisions need to be made quickly, and a woman is weighing more of the options for pro- possibly a better outcome. Yes, and yet a man can say something very loud and quick, and you're just like, well, I guess that's we're doing that because he yelled right. it. Right, exactly. And I think so much of that is is uh, inherent, like it is nature. You know, I mean, that is that is something that like men have to realize that like, okay, it's in you to just to always talk first and to always speak up. Maybe you shouldn't. Right. Like it's not that you're bad or like you're not trying to silence women always, but it's just it's the, many studies have been done with kids about like you know when they have who has the answer to the question and it's always boys they'll raise their hand or boys will like chime in first. Boys jump in when they know, even when they don't. Mm-hmm. Because they have this, they have this thing where they're like, "Oh, I can, I, um, it's, it's their, it's that that energy." Whereas, like a woman is like, "I'm going to think about this," and like you said, possibly come up with a better idea than be so impulsive. Right. I said this TED talk. Oh, go ahead. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. I was. It's just. It's interesting, and in in group dynamics, I've noticed it when I am in a group of, you know, uh, you know, and we in improv shows when you have six men and two women. Sometimes, uh, you know, like uh, you know, it's a. it's not always, um, you know, like women have to like they have to work an extra muscle to go. I have to get myself in there. I have do, to jump do, in there. And I think men need to pull back. I, I think sometimes. you must and, observe that in your classes. Yes. Right. Like that when you have like the the men and the women and you're like, just jump in there. Do is it I, don't, to me? I, I think. And I'm, I have my sister's voice chiming in because she would be bleeding at this conversation. Oh, she boy. would be like, "No, it's all learned. It's not inherent." Like, no, I totally disagree. I, to me, I, I feel like because I, 
I feel like a lot of times when we see behavior, and I don't know, I'm not a sociologist, and I'm yeah, uh, no, of course, uh, that um, I do oh, think I, a lot oh, of I am. Whoops. <laughs> a lot of behavior that we think is innate is is what's been rewarded before someone got to us. So it's mm-hmm. like. Uh, boys are rewarded for speaking up. Mm. Women aren't. So it's yes. not necessarily that women don't want to speak up. Mm-hmm. It's that they're not rewarded for it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I am the opposite in terms of, like, all I did was speak up. I am the person who's like, yeah, I got it. I don't need, like, right, don't give right. me instructions. I'll figure it out. I hate reading instructions. I'm like, um, and I think a large portion of that probably is the way I was raised. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I grew up in, it's like f- three girls, one boy. Um, both my parents uh, were very much like, you know, you have to speak up for yourself and do and fight. And I, I don't really feel like we were raised separately as boys mm-hmm, and girls mm-hmm. in that sense. Um, so to me, like, I feel like in an improv show, I, I, I there's no, no you never no, neither one of you are. Ever, but, but I feel like it's it's as a general rule, like it's something that it's more like men don't do stuff without realizing that they are, and I totally agree with you. But they get because of what they're, how they're rewarded. Yes, and it is, and it's also, you know, it's it's a straight man thing too. And it's again, they're not aware of it. They're not aware that they, you know, they're sort of, um, they're not thinking about they're being otherness. a straight white man. They're not yeah. thinking about that. They're just doing. And everybody else who's not one of those things has that extra layer of like, you know, and that's neither here nor there but it's just something that like you know if you get a group of dudes around they don't include the woman a lot of times and it's not because they're overtly like shut up she doesn't she doesn't matter i mean you know it's it's a lot of it is just that they're they um they don't they're not conscious of it they're not yeah. they're not like they're not aware like they they have no sense of like that, that that's how they're being they would be so like you know shocked and offended to be told otherwise you know Oh, that reminds that. Re- well, that reminds me of, of the last time that I I felt like we hung out at a party, and um, <laughs> I call it the Cahuenga Three. It was at Kyle's house, and uh, because uh, something had come up about like it was it, it was either like the pussy grabbing or the bill caught some some story of like rape was like out. Um, and pretty overt, and then this, and like then, in the news, it, yeah, not at yeah. this party, no, not at this party, <laughs> no, well, no, but it was then unfolding, but, yeah. but it was, uh, and it might have been like a college rape or something, and I, and I kind of have been over this last year trying to, a bit like dismantle some of the the, the way that I speak about myself and other women and mm-hmm. take language out that really is just kind of keeping us down or mm-hmm. whatever. But one of the, the, so I love talking about vulvas and stuff like that. Everyone should know what they look like. Sure, if we all know what penises look like, mm-hmm. and also I just think. It, it to me, I think that when people talk about rape and, and sexual assault, they they make it like it's some um, ooh that happened oh that's so scary that it happened to that person. But I was like, no, I was date raped once, and 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 then I was like, I think like so many women are mm-hmm. like so many women, and you don't realize it. Mm-hmm. And I said at this party. You know, when I've been noticing that when I'm at a place where like more than five people are gathered that are women and I and I admit out loud that I was because mm-hmm. I'm not a victim. of I didn't do anything wrong that like one of the other women at least says me, too. Mm-hmm. I had been noticing this as a pattern. And literally there was three women and two com- two men that were white male straight comics and <laughs> both women had also been raped. So this is like. A hundred percent of mm-hmm. the group involved, mm-hmm. and literally, this girl was like, "Yeah, I um, and I uh, and then I said, "Yeah, mine was in college." And then the guy was like, well, "Where'd you go to college?" 
And I was like, uh, uh, I went, um, I went. See, that's also such a male like, thing. I went to Yale. Men have to like, uh, they need to explain it in some way. It's like, yeah. like mansplaining is they were like, well, well, there's got to be an answer to this. Oh, and they're very scientific in that way. But it also comes off kind of blaming in a weird way or or like what what answer is correct in that in that. Yeah. Well, so that I said, situation. I said, I said, well, mine was at Yale. And, oh. then, and then this and then the guy was like, well, and started to tell me all about whatever. And I go, well, hold now. Hold on. You now. Hold <laughs> you on. I, I actually live. Literally, do not want to hear what you think about any of this. I, sh- uh, these two women have just told us they've also been raped, right. and they now that they've admitted it, I might want to hear their story. Like I just want to hear. And he was like, "Well, blah, 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 blah. and the other woman, I go, "Well, where where did yours happen?" She was like, "Harvard." <laughs> uh, so we know. Well, here's the thing. But, here's but, the thing about Harvard. No, no but it's it, they talked so uh, much though that I was like, I can't. Uh, I, and so I looked at the women. I'm like, I'm always going to remember this night when this perfect example of right. what. But we're isn't all that the about. same as the as the marshmallow building? Whereas it was like you, the women were were like listening and like let's just share and listen. And the men were like, I got this. I'm going to take. I'm going to take yes. charge. And it, believe me, it wasn't a hundred percent of. And the you're boys, talking about children. lovely. And these are and these are also lovely men that would never yes. have any idea no, they, that they, they were, were being on our that side. Way. Exactly. They were like our. You know, as they say, this is the male advocate, but. They were telling me how awful they felt for what had happened, and all, and I was like, oh yeah, and they were like, well, this is what I think about why men do this, and I was like, oh, I, I, I mean, know. hey, hey, I just need to let you guys know though that like, again, because we can talk about it like they're news stories or they're awful things that happen somewhere else, but I'm saying to it you, it literally happened to me, it ha- and to these two and these women, two. and I, we, we could go around the party and just collect stories, probably like in this moment when we're gonna follow one of these threads, like if it's like. One of those like nine stories, not but where we're gonna go along, follow the camera somewhere. Do you really think I want the dude's point of view on why he thinks like if you yeah. were a rapist, if I we're might gonna be make interested. a move, <laughs> right? But like if we're gonna move to a new like person, yeah. If we want to hear who's going to talk next, I definitely want to hear this woman's like past trauma over like your opinion about your... how she might feel about but it. But do you ever <laughs> notice that? <laughs> I notice it as a white person. That um, when racism comes up and people start talking about race and the minority or the several minorities in the room will talk about it and myself included will start like chiming in and I'm like, Colleen, white people have had a lot of time to talk about race. You don't know if someone asks you for your opinion, give your opinion, but let's hear the other people in the room who mm-hmm. actually are minorities mm-hmm. talk about this, right? As opposed to you going like, "But I thought about it, and I'm not one of those." Because that's what it is. As you, it comes from a place of it's total guilt, and it's also like I want to let everybody in the room know that I'm woke and that I get it. Yeah, and it's like it comes from a good place, but it's also like it's it's always interesting to me when you know when when conversations about race come up and people of color are actually quiet about it because you can tell they're kind of like let's hear what the white people have to say about it this time you know and they they live their whole lives with it and understanding it and we we it's like a conversation piece for us. It's just like a thing where you're like, these three women have experienced rape, right. whereas for these men, it's something to talk about. Well, versus, one is an yeah. experience you know? and one's an right. opinion. Exactly. It's and like, I think, yeah. and I think, <laughs> an uh, informed opinion. And I think um, we are out of out of time. On sadly, rape is where we ended it. I think, right. I think <laughs> what we've learned. I think what we've learned today <laughs> is like, full of rape. <laughs> don't tell people that you know how they feel. 
you know, because yeah. you don't. It's like whether they've lost a, you know, a family member or a pet or they've gone through some horrible trauma. Like mime school. Just, I just say <laughs> mime school. The worst, <laughs> the worst story of it all is that mime man, that horrible, evil, <laughs> drunk smoking mime, you know, Debbie <laughs> Allen stomper. Again. And Again. Uh, uh, <clears throat> anyway, but yeah, I mean, box. I think that's, I think that's such a good thing to keep in mind and I, I will try to do the same and I think it's uh, it's always good to just to say I'm sorry I love you I'm thinking about you I love you period Drew. I love you Drew You're, I'm such a fan of this I love podcast. you both I this love is you. so fun I love you both thank you for coming and doing this and thank you being on this us. being on the show and having we're a Friday touching. with we're me touching. 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 Oh, we're touching we're touching I want to thank my guests Colleen Smith and Stephanie Escajeda this has been another episode of Drew Drogi's Minor Revelations have a week. Oh, have a week. <laughs> <laughs>